Hey, it's Neville Medora here for the Friday, July 22nd, 2022. Ooh, July 222-222. Interesting. Uh, stupid email, which of course stands for swipe, thought, uplifting, picture, interesting, and drawing. Let's start with a swipe. So this is an old ad for Hasselblad cameras that's performing what's known as price justification. And you don't have to read the ad, but it shows the camera and it says very, very boldly at top why a Hasselblad costs more than other cameras. So what they're doing is price justification. And price justification is how you explain your product costing 10x or 100x more than a competitor. So here's some examples of price justification for a camera. You would say something like, this is what Steven Spielberg uses to film. Or Hasselblad cameras were used on the moon, which is true. Or the lenses take three months each to make. So these are the many features that allow business to charge money for a product. And they are stuff such as rarity. Uh, so only a few will ever be made, like small batch whiskey or uh, Lamborghinis where only like 300 will ever be made or something that's handmade. And so I actually included a list of all these different things. In fact, I'll read them out really quick, just one by one, but I'm not gonna read the descriptions. It's rarity, organic, exclusivity, handmade, fame, art, punctuality, speed, higher quality, more features, less features, trust, talent, brand recognition, history, just charging more, convenience, and a monopoly. Monopoly. <laughs> if you can uh, combine these qualities together, you actually create a premium product that's higher price than competitors. Pretty cool, huh? So let's get on to a thought. So one of the reasons people get so-called writer's block is they're often trying to write a single perfect post. So for example, when people try to craft a cold email, they get scared it won't work. Um, they're afraid they'll have writer's block that they're, they're going to get it wrong, uh, that they're going to write the wrong thing and send it to all these people and embarrass themselves. So what we always encourage people to do is write the redraft, especially for something like a cold email where you're not sure how it's going to work the first time. And what we say is we write a long, a medium, and a short. And believe it or not, this almost right away takes away all the writer's block because you don't only have one version that you're trying to perfect down to the last word, down to the last letter, down to the last bullet point. You are just trying to write a long one, a medium one, and a short one, and then you test all of them. So the process is you start by writing a really long pitch, then you whittle it down to just its core elements. So it's about a medium sized pitch, about a page or less, sorry, for a cold email, far less than a page. And then you whittle it down to a very, very short clip, maybe like two to three sentences at most, not even a paragraph. And then you send 10 of each. And then once you get the results back, you'll clearly notice that one of those three emails performs far better than the others and you pick the winner and use that to go forward. So if you are trying to write the perfect thing, just know that you'll never get it. And if you write three different versions, you'll actually take a lot of that pressure off and the writer's block will go away. Um, here's something uplifting. My friend Nick Gray does these parties all the time. He calls them the, the two-hour cocktail parties, even though at his parties, I hardly have ever seen anyone even drink at all. Um, and he always tries to invite people who don't know each other. So some people will know each other, but he tries to keep it to where most people don't know each other, so you randomly meet new people. And he does roughly three icebreakers per party. And this is actually kind of funny. And it seems funny at first when someone's like, okay, let's do an icebreaker. Then more people show up. He's like, let's do another icebreaker. But it does make it 10 times easier to meet people you don't know and have conversations. Also, he makes everyone wear his name tags, which you know really helps. Uh, otherwise, it's so difficult to get and remember people's names. And um, here's my party pro tip. 
If you have friends that like throwing parties, allow them to throw parties at your place. I've done this so many times and someone's like, can we maybe throw a party at your place? Or they're asking like where they should throw a party. I'm like, how about my place? And <laughs> the, the selfish reason is you get a lot of the credibility because it's it's your house. Like someone thinks that, uh, you know, that you did a lot of work when in fact the other person did all the setup and all that kind of stuff. I've hosted baby showers, parties, all that kind of stuff. I'd say it's a great way to meet people and not do any of the work. Party pro tip. Um, here's a funny picture. So I saw this bag in the wild and it's like a nice fancy bag, but with the zipper open and the handle down, it looks like this, like a funny, sad face. It kind of reminded me of this, like, like a, the blobfish, uh, that famous photo of a blobfish that was brought to the surface. The blobfish doesn't like look like that, but whenever it comes up, the pressure is changed. And so it bloats or whatever. Anyways, it looks like a blobfish and it's hilarious. And there's actually a phenomenon for this and it's, it, the, the the phenomenon of something looking like a face is called pareidolia. It's it's a funny word, but uh, I included some other things that look like random funny faces. I find these hilarious. Whenever I see one out in the wild, it's it's always fun. Here's something interesting. I haven't posted uh, in about two months on my YouTube channel, and we're, we're going to change that. We're making a system in place to post more, et cetera, et cetera. But I will say YouTube video traffic is like SEO traffic. You make it once, and it just chugs along steadily. So anyone that writes online will tell you if they look at their analytics on their uh, Google Analytics, you'll see that it's probably the same three to five posts that bring in almost all the traffic to your site right? Like 80% of your traffic will come to three to five posts. A lot of times it's like one post that brings in most of the traffic for a lot of people. And it's kind of like, YouTube is kind of like that where it just keeps chugging along. And in fact, over time, as your content ages, it sometimes gets more popular. Whereas with social media content, such as TikTok, Instagram, usually stuff that's newer get the engagement and then it drops off a cliff really quick. So there's a benefit that you can get the word out really fast and it pops up on everyone's feed. Whereas YouTube takes some time to turn to the platform because instead of going through, you know, uh, 200 pieces of content like someone does in an Instagram session, you're going through just a few people pieces, maybe single digits on a YouTube session. So it takes longer for uh, people to churn through all your content. So for example, in the last 30 days, this Cody Sanchez interview recorded, I think in November, you know, so several months ago, um, it brought in 5,500 plus views this in the last 28, 38 days, uh, 13 plus hundred hours of watch time and 75 subscribers. And I didn't do anything. I didn't post anything. And so it's kind of cool that YouTube is like that, which is a stark contrast to other social networks where you drop off a cliff if you don't frequently post. And lastly, here is a little drawing and it's of uh, all these people looking at someone's screen while they type. And so this is actually a question for the writers on this list. So do you write emails? Do you write, uh, do you write blog posts? Do you write social media, all that stuff? I just have a question. I'm, I'm curious because I'm curious how you do it. Who do you have review your copy before you publish it? Or do you even have anyone review your copy before you publish it? So reply to this email and let me know. Uh, so answer A is you write it, but don't get feedback from others at all. So I gotta admit, I'm guilty of that from time to time. Uh, most of the time I'd say. Uh, B, I write it and show it to other writers. I do that also sometimes. C, I write it and show it to coworkers. So whenever I've worked with big companies or clients or kind of like the, on the insides of AppSumo and Hustle, whenever I'm going to the offices, um, I will show the stuff to coworkers almost all the time before we publish it. Or D, do you have some other process? So reply to the, the email or comment below on the post, whichever you're looking at, and uh, let me know. Um, the question is, who do you have review your copy before publishing? I'm just curious how you, how you work. Anyways, this has been the stupid email for July 22nd. I hope you have a great day. My name is Neville Medora, and I will talk to you later.